Hey everyone, this is part two of our two-part review for Scream 2022, aka Scream 5, aka Cream. Um, as I warned you in the first episode, this is a heavy, heavy spoiler episode. So if you haven't seen the film, go watch it, come back and listen to our episode. We're literally going plot point by plot point, okay? So we're giving away kills, everything. Do not listen if you haven't seen the movie. And also lots of cursing. Don't watch around the kids if you don't want to. Enjoy the second half and the finale of our Scream 2020 review. Bye. And by the way, food was excellent, brother. You're the guy that got caught in that avalanche, right? Yeah, I'm the one. Like black men don't have enough ways to get killed without climbing up some stupid ass mountain in the middle of God's nowhere. Need to leave that to the white folks, brother. Let's get to the death. Back at the hospital, Tara, who is literally not a nurse in sight. She's on a private floor, which I didn't even know was a thing. I don't even think Beyonce had a private floor when she gave birth to Blue Ivy. I, private wing? Know. Private wing makes sense. Private floor? A whole floor? Is no one sick in Woodsboro? <laughs> like, God, this movie. Um, so Tara's in her private floor alone. Um, the lights are then turned out. Ghostface, honestly, Cody is the best like electrician I've ever met in my life. He always knows where the fuse box is. And like, cause how did he do that? How the fuck did you do that? How? Like, did you go He's to the ghost. grid? Did you go to the basement and find the grid to that floor? It's scream. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's scream. Um, Tara. Jenny has Jenna has never been more believable in this movie than she is right here when she is trying to wheel herself around that floor I felt it like my ass had been stabbed that oh man some, some actresses would overdo it no she didn't she didn't she every time she moved that that wheel I was like this shit must hurt <laughs> like it's got to hurt the even when she was probably. just pulling her leg out of the bed I felt that yeah just pulling her leg out of the bed like I've fractured my ankle before and it takes months for months. It's still like every tingle hurts like a motherfucker. So if she broke that shit. Whoo, the pain, the pain. I would have passed. I don't know how she didn't pass out from just pain from that mm -hmm. whole thing. I would have been oh, knocked out. Um, but I really respect a girl who is like, I'm going to survive. <laughs> well, even she's like, she's hearing noise. She's like, fuck this. I don't want to just sit in here like a sitting she, duck. I love this character because a lesser character would have sat in that bed pushing the nurse's button like, please, please, please. She said, I'm out of here. God damn it. Like Ones that are fully capable of walking too. Exactly. Exactly. She said, I'm going, I'm out. Um, she did leave her phone behind, which seems like a mistake, but whatever, we don't have time to do that. So she wheels herself into the hall and she found a guard um, has been murdered on the floor. And this is, this is also frustrating because Sam literally yells at the officer who's watching Tara and he says, I, I had to come. Clearly someone was watching her. They were there. They just died. Mm -hmm. So right. it didn't really matter who was watching Tara. Um, so whatever, that's a plot hole. And again, we see a dead cop, but no one at the nurse's station, not no one doing rounds, checks, nada. So that's fair. Get Nookie in the closet. Get a neck in the closet. Sure, they're on the other floors. They're on the floor above or below trying to figure shit out. Um, so the gun has been taken. 
good good for you tara for at least trying to get for a gun i respect that she goes back into her room to hide she finds someone opening the door she hits him with her crutch foreshadowing it's richie richie has to come on check on tara per sam's request fine meanwhile sam tries to get in touch with tara but ghostface calls her to taunt her ghostface pops up knocks richie out after just slicing him quite barely on the forearm which was my first like clue i was like oh he's the killer jill again <laughs> jill again and the only time we saw that that made a difference is in scream 2 when it was sydney's boyfriend but even dewey was like that's really interesting that you were only cut in the forearm yep. so dewey if you can call that out for the boyfriend in scream 2 you couldn't call it out again when this guy only got knocked into a door i would have been like you freeze i'm gonna kill you right now because that's too convenient that's too convenient ghostface would have killed anybody. anybody. Not to mention, he just got his arm sliced. He was still fully capable of walking. So I don't oh, know why you needed man. him to help him. Let's talk about this. Let's finish this paragraph and really get into this because this made me really mad. So Ghostface knocks Richie out and goes after Tara while she tries to flee the room. Ghostface tells Sam to choose Tara or Richie and one will die and the other will live. Sam stalls her time until she and Dewey make it there. Dewey shoots Ghostface three times. He gets Richie into the elevator with Sam and Tara but stays behind to put a bullet in Ghostface's head. Unfortunately, before he can do so, he's distracted when Gail tries to call him, blaming the women. Given Ghostface an opportunity to rise up and attack, the killer gets two knives and stabs Dewey in the gut and one in the back, slicing him upwards and killing him. He gloats, it's an honor, before fleeing the scene. Gail later arrives and is devastated. Dewey's body is being reeled out. Um, the first time that Dewey is getting his ass kicked by Ghostface, like you said, Richie is just on the floor and not doing shit. Has full function of his legs. Got a tiny scratch on his arm, but is just like so stunned. We're supposed to believe that Richie is so stunned by all this that he won't even give up, get up to help. And Sam too. <laughs> no one helps Dewey. <laughs> No. To be fair, Sam had to hold Tara because she couldn't stand on her own. She was army crawling fine before Sam got there. <laughs> <laughs> like she could have made it to the to the elevator. But I'm I just really defending hate... Sam with my life. <laughs> right. I really hate that they're just watching Dewey get fucked up, and I'm like, he's done so much for you guys. The least you could do, grab a crutch and 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 help help him. Then it happened. So fine. Um. I really love this kill, though. Oh, I did not expect Dewey to go out so brutally. It was great. It was really great. Yeah, like, I'm just glad, like, I saw the blood splatting out, but I'm like, oh, no, don't let those insides fall out, too. That's too much for Dewey. Did you, do you, we still want to believe that Amber and all five foot four of her could do that, could cut someone from the I don't think she back? could, but it's Scream. <laughs> it's Scream. <laughs> <laughs> um... Also, that line. But I like Ashley's idea. You know, you put on the ghost face suit, you're going to get that adrenaline pumping. It's the superpowers. It's the superpowers. Oh, and really quick. When he, when Ghostface Amber answered the phone and they had the, the voice device in the mask, that was cool. I like that a lot. I don't know why we didn't elaborate on that more, but right. I like that. I like that idea. But also, there's an app. Um, <laughs> like, why are, like, there's an it, app. It failed. It failed. It's true um dewey should know better dewey has survived this four times shooting someone in the chest is never gonna do it <laughs> nah so why why dewey had opportune time to take the mask off while ghostface was chilling in the awards box and he didn't again 
I do. We should know better, but he that's did, fine. I'm not going to blame he him. He did turn back to want to shoot him in the head, though. It's like, oh, yeah, Sid said shoot him in the head. Which, which is close. Yeah, you should have remembered that, yes. And also that they can wear vests. But to take the mask off, that has never worked out well. Because, you know, like I had mentioned in the room, Lori tried to take the mask off. What did she get? And then Sydney tried to go back and take the mask off of Ghostface. What did Hallie get? Hear me out. Remaking, if I was to remake this movie and do it properly. Dewey shoots Ghostface. Bam, bam, bam. Ghostface goes into the award center book. Sam, uh, uh, Richie goes back to Sam and, um, and uh, sorry, Sam and Tara in the elevator. And they're saying, Dewey, come, come. And he goes, I got, no, I've got to take the mask off. Like, I've got to, I got to know who it is. Dewey slowly reaches to pull the mask up and then stab in the front, stab in the back. Dewey's dead. Why do we need him to go to the elevator and say, I got to go back? That seems like the stupidest thing to do in a horror movie. Him actually going to reveal the killer. Yeah. Him going to reveal the killer and be active and change and then getting fucked up is more believable than I'm, I'm almost made it out, but I'm going to go back. (laughs) Yeah. And this way they actually get to, because did the elevator doors close before they got to see Dewey die? Yes. Yeah, I want to. I want to see all that fear on Tara's face, going, "What the fuck?" You know, like, and Richie. I think that's really important that Richie gets to see someone die in front of him to really sell the idea that he wants to get out of town. You know, like, mm-hmm. I want to. We gotta go. Like that would have sold it for me if they actually got to see Dewey get fucked up for actually trying to like be smart. Yeah. Again, we got the movie we got and not the movie we wanted. Um, I will still say- <laughs> massively effective. I, still effective. I, I got misty-eyed, especially when it showed Gail's reaction. Courtney has never been better in that moment. Courtney is so good. Before we get to Courtney's reaction, that last line, as much... The, no, Ghostface has two really good-ass lines in this scene. The first one was when he's on the phone with Sam, he says, maybe you're just not strong enough for this franchise. I was like, that's my bitch. I love him so much. Because what a things say i love it it's so good um and the second one was it's an honor i love that line yeah like i i would have loved if it was had been saved for sydney like it was in the trailer but it was still masterfully used here masterfully used it's in because he was the one to finally kill dude yeah i i i do agree with you oh had it been for sid holy shit because in the trailer Hello, Sydney. It's yeah, an honor. it's an honor. Yeah, but this was really good. This death was so good. That's why I'm like pissed that it was Amber because I'm like, you don't deserve this credit. Yeah. And that's the scene where I watched the shoes. And I was looking at the shoes the whole time. My second viewing, I was like, she's not wearing booster. She's wearing like fucking kids. It's not Amber. <laughs> but it came <laughs> out. What do you think? If there was actually a third killer, but it had, wasn't revealed in this movie because I feel like there should be. Like I would remember before that. I know a lot of people, including myself, thought there was going to be three killers. I really wanted them to do it. I really wanted them to up it, up the ante. Like, let's like, up the I know ante. going into this, my three suspects were Wes, Amber, and Liv. Yeah. Mine were always Richie. Richie was always on my list. I actually thought Sam was doing it at some point in the movie. I was like, oh, this is because she was making it all about her. I was like, it's you. Um, and uh, I really wanted Tara to be the killer as well. Like, I really wanted that to happen. Because I, if anyone has the right to be pissed in this movie, it's Tara. Like, your sister is a hot mess. And then she left. And then she, re- like, I really wanted Tara to just get her revenge. She deserved. Um, but I really feel like 
if they if Scream Six comes out and they reveal a third killer from this movie, I would buy it because the Amber, I will never buy that she killed Dewey. I will never buy that. You're not convincing me. So I'm hoping from from my lips to the radio silence's ear, please make that happen. Again, but again, though, it's like in Scream Four when Jill is able to lift up Sydney's body and throw her into that medicine cabinet. You know. Yeah, if she can do that. Who knows? Here's here's some here's a here's a hot take opinion that you you all can yell at me about. Women shouldn't be ghostface. Oh, I don't Mrs. want women to be ghostface. <laughs> I don't because this is been, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I feel like Mrs. Loomis probably could have done it though. That's true. Mrs. Loomis was great, especially with the kill at Randy. But that made sense. Like it was in a van. It was very close and personal. That that is totally cool with me but uh mm-hmm. yeah women shouldn't be ghostface at least had the bill for it like i could have believed that Liv did it if she was a killer yeah because Liv is very tall and lanky and and uh she just had that statuous to her but amber looks like she weigh, weighs 90 pounds wet and she's just not uh it's not mm. that when we'll get to chad's death i will tell you why that doesn't make shit sense to yeah me. um so like you said gail has this moment with sam where I couldn't believe the words that were coming out of Sam's mouth, talking about, if you hadn't stopped Dewey, my sister would be dead. And Gail gives her this look like, bitch, so? <laughs> like, yeah, but my my best friend died. Like, I don't care. Um, who says that to someone who just lost their husband? Who makes it about them? Again, just a simple, I'm sorry for your losses and, that, and then walk away because <laughs> I don't need you to justify my best friend dying I think like, I really it's don't. probably just yeah her way of saying gail it's not your fault we know but that's such a shitty thing to say to someone who's mourning the death yeah. of their could have could have gone better wording sure yeah oh sam what are we gonna do with you so we finally get sydney back i mean she's been gone for most of the first and second act um which is sadly disappointing to me because I, I get it. It makes sense. Sydney's not coming back just because a new killing starting up, but Dewey dying does make sense why should, she'd come back. Now we know shit's getting real. I better get back there because people are dropping. People I care about are dropping. Sydney returns to Wordsboro. She reunites with Gail. I love these two together on screen. They, since day one. Long time been, coming. Yes. And on, on the same team, you mean. Yes, we needed that. Yeah. But since when they tag team in Scream 4 to do the uh, uh, investigation, loved it, was my favorite, loved it. They've come Even so far. Even Scream 2 when they're teaming up and shooting the shit out of Mickey. Exactly. I love it. I, they've come so far from that first slap across the face. You know, mm-hmm. I, love, I love their relationship. Um, don't think they're besties, but think they have a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. So... Sam takes Tara out and offers her condolences to the two women. Um, and although Sydney offers the help, Sam refuses, saying she's going to take Tara and flee Woodsboro. So Sydney tells her that running away never works. But Sam says something so annoyingly and stupid that I love Gail for calling her out on it. She goes, I don't, I'm sorry, but your life is not my life. And Gail goes, watch your mouth, new girl, because watch your fucking mouth, new girl. Mm-hmm. You don't understand the shit that we've been through this is not about you (laughs) like i love that um uh sydney also says like she's got kids and she can't sleep until she knows the shit is done yep she's not playing can i 
pitch you what I really wanted to happen in this movie real quick. Yeah. I love that Sydney has kids. I really wanted the killings to happen and her kids be a little bit older and be targeted like 10 or 11. And so I could really see Sydney like, this is the last motherfucking straw. You can mess with me for all these years, but now I have babies. I'm going to, I'm going to end this. I'm going to end everyone. So Full I really Mrs. Weasley and uh, Deathly Owls. Absolutely. 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 I wanted to see that because that to me, here, here's, here's my reason, Cody. Not that I want to put kids in danger on screen, but the motive for Amber and Richie is to make the requel because the sad movies are getting bad which there's so much meta in this because they actually talk about how stab five is when the series went off the rail and uh, this movie. Um, but that's their reasoning. I really wanted like a Kevin Williams, as we talked about the following in his TV show, I really wanted a movie where a fan was so obsessed that with Sydney, with Sydney, the survivor herself, that they were going to track Sydney down and just disrupt her happy home. So she could always be the star or, or the idea of like, I want to kill Sydney Prescott. She survived this long, but I'm going to be the one that goes down in infamy because I killed Sydney Prescott. That to me would have been a great story. I like that idea. Yeah. Like, could you imagine being the one who killed Sydney Prescott after all these years? You'd be super famous. Right. That's what I wanted, but I didn't get that. And that's okay. Six and seven still can happen. Um, <laughs> so uh, Sam, doesn't give a shit about these two old ladies. And uh, Sydney tells Gail that uh, she put a tracker in Sam's car somehow, magically, while she was actually facing Sam with, I don't know how she did it. She's, but it screamed, so she did it. <laughs> it screamed. Do we think it was an Apple um, AirTag? <laughs> no, because there's no Apple products in this fucking movie. <laughs> it's an Android yeah, propaganda yep. film. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got a green bubble. So um, I don't know how she did it, but she did it. And we're happy she did it because uh, on their way out of town, Tara tells Sam that she needs her inhaler. She can't find it. Pause real quick, listeners. My sister has had uh, asthma since birth. And uh, the one thing she doesn't do is not have a shit ton of inhalers <laughs> on her at all times. Um, apparently Tara only has two, one that's in Amber's house and one that's in her purse and that's, and that's it. And then they go through this whole reasoning of she would need a prescription and that's why they can't go to the pharmacy. No one ever brings up the idea to go back to their home where Tara lives to get more inhalers. That's just never brought up. Instead, uh, Amber's house is on the way. It's not fucking on the way though. Cause you know, this is Stu's house. You know where Stu's house is? In the middle of the woods, Cody. Nothing's on the way to Stu's house. <laughs> like, yeah, that's just like, they call it a country house too. Like at the end of Scream. It's a country house. It's literally when you, we look at Gail's uh, or Sydney's tracker, it's literally just green around this house. <laughs> it's all grass. Like all I was cool. trying to pay attention to when I saw that. Cause I was um, trying to see if they showed the address. Like, cause like they didn't say it was Stu's house up front. But right. I feel like people who remembered the address, you know, like something, something, seven, Turner Lane. I can't, I, I feel like a failure because I can't remember the exact numbers. No, no. Can I tell but, you what spoiled it for me? Why I knew it was Stu's house as soon as I saw Sydney's phone? The fucking trailer before. Well, yeah, the trailer, obviously. But I, I mean, was like, so mad at that, so weren't you? Yeah. Well, people even thought it when they showed the photo of Kevin Williamson and Courtney and uh, 
Nev. Like they're like, oh, that is totally Stu's house in the background. No, I mean, okay, before um, my movie started at AMC, they, you know, they have like the, the trailers before the trailers where it's like commercials. They had a commercial for a girl who does a YouTube show called Pyrie's Picks or Petrie's Picks. And she was like, my pick is Scream 5. That's coming out. And she told me, because I had avoided everything, remember? I wasn't reading anything. And she said, remember the house in the trailer? That's Stu's house. And I went, you bitch. So why would they do that? Why did you do that? I didn't watch any of the trailers. I didn't do anything. I wanted to go in blind. And you ruined it for me. So I knew it was coming. I was like, they're going to Sue's house. She told me before I sat down in this fucking theater. I was really pissed. Um, okay, so let's get let's get to the party because they're they're gonna go get this damn inhaler. It's conveniently at Amber's house. Amber's having a party. Not too unbelievable. This is actually the thing where I I I don't get mad at because I'm like kids are so resilient and they had a party in the first scream movie after their principal and tons of people died it's fine they're gonna have a party um so uh chad minnie and Liv are also at the party Liv wants to go with chad but chad fears that she's the killer totally understandable and really funny actually and really smart i really like that moment for him um which upsets her not quite understanding why she i get it she's offended i get it um, I would be offended too if I wasn't the killer, which she wasn't. Um, he goes to look for her because he shares sharing a location app, but it's just ghost face tracking Chad, which makes me really upset because we already established that Amber's phone has been cloned and that phones can be cloned. So why would you? And and then Wes told him earlier, turn off your trackers, turn off everything. Like, why would you follow this tracking? Why? I think it's just because he knew that um Liv had taken off outside he probably didn't really think that at the time that it was a track as a cop clone phone I get it but if you're the the nephew of Randy Meeks I need you to be a little bit smarter a little bit like your sister yeah but you know he was he was kind of just like the stereotypical jock so he probably was wasn't really I mean he knew enough to not want to go anywhere to get exactly. it on with her but exactly but not enough not to follow a strange location into the night sure yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> yes i know cody is trying his best he's doing so such good work um this was a plot hole uh but a bigger plot hole we talked about in clubhouse was how mindy just want to go with her brother <laughs> like after all the knowledge she's dropped she doesn't give a fuck that he's going to look for this girl by himself. She wants to hook up with the girl on the couch. Mindy, we're disappointed. <laughs> we're as a sister, completely would never let my baby brother go out there on their own during a spree. It's not happening. Fine though, girl, get your ass play. Um, anyway, the killer dr drops in on Chad. It's, it's Amber, right? It's got it. It's Amber. Duh. <laughs> You're telling me jock football team Chad can't stop Amber? Apparently not. No one can stop this bitch. She's super demon. Um, all right. She's got a body count so far of like five. And Richie has zero. <laughs> <laughs> He's the weakest link. My God. So Sam and Richie in a really cute scene from uh, Jack where he says, hi, Gen Z. Um, they make the kids leave. That's something I would do. I'd be like, hi, Gen Z. So uh, we gotta go. And I, I, on my second watch, I was listening to him as they're walking out the door, Cody. He just goes, saving your life, saving your life. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's like, thank you for leaving the cup. 
Thank you for leaving the cup. He's so cute. He's literally the most charismatic. I love him in this. That's why I could not, didn't believe, I didn't think of him as the killer because I didn't think they would go that route again. And because yeah. Jack was so goddamn endearing, he won so me. Oh, I would, I, yeah, he probably would have killed me because I would have fallen for his shit. <laughs> I would have fell for it too. He is so charming and and I really believed him when he's like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go to get this inhaler. I'm not going. Let's just go home. And yep. these women he gave like, more Derek vibes than Billy. Billy was sketchy from the top. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So love you, Jake. Uh, Jake, Jack Quaid. Love you and the boys too. Can't wait for the fourth season to come out. You're yeah, killing it. What a year for you, sir. Love it. Um, so they forced all everyone to leave except for the friends. I love the idea of like everyone get out of this house except for um everyone related to the people in the first movie. We really need you here. We're gonna kill you. Um, one thing, <laughs> just uh, I did love the back and forth between Amber and Mindy in the basement scene. Oh yeah, that's not in my breakdown here for some reason. What? I know, Jeremy. Moment. What the fuck? <laughs> no, Jeremy you did a great job, but yeah, that was important. Um. That was very reminiscent of the garage in, in Scream with Tatum. I thought that's the direction we were going. Glad we didn't, but it's perfect. We executed because Mindy is really kind of like, I really thought for a second it was Mindy. When she said, I know it's me. I was like, damn, this bitch, she tricked me. But it wasn't, I, I love the fake outs in this movie. I will say, I love that they're so aware that they're going to call it out. Like, you're the killer, you're the killer, you're the killer. Yeah, like they that. did a great job with a lot of misdirection. To make, even though you probably have an idea of like, okay, it's this person, but it's like, wait a minute, this yeah. person. I like that. I, yeah, that's the right word, misdirection. Someone in the clubhouse pointed out that I saw in the second time I watched it that there is like a black curtain with a white towel in the corner. Oh, yep. Yeah, that was really good. I like that. Because it looks then, like um, it's a Scream outfit. Oh, Easter egg for listeners. If they didn't catch it, I didn't catch it the first time and I hate myself for it. Um, but someone told me after the Thursday night showing, they caught it. So I paid attention the second time. When Sam calls Richie and he's watching the YouTube clip of Stab Eight, which, yeah, looks god awful, they show like a recommended video saying interview with Woodsboro survivor Kirby. So Kirby is alive. Kirby is alive. I saw that the second time too after someone pointed it out. And the still that they use is just a, a like publicity shot of Hayden Panettiere and I love that yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just something it's just a picture of Hayden Panettiere um Kirby is alive and that makes her really really happy um we'll never probably see her we've talked about this privately but if you guys didn't know Hayden has some personal stuff that she's been going through for a few a while now um we're not gonna get into the details you can google it but I feel like the only reason why she, I feel like she was asked to come back. If they were smart, they asked her. Um, but she probably won't just because she's dealing with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I, I want her to take care of herself. As much as a fan as I am of her character in this franchise, I'm not ever going to put someone's mental and physical health above a, a movie yeah. or below a movie. So we love you, Hayden Panettiere. We love this character that you've created. Again, the impact of having a side character like that that is like imprinted now in the fandom is only- Female so horror fan too at that. Exactly. Um, and a, yeah, a female, a female character that even men like, like straight men. And that's really hard in this, in this genre to get them to be on board for something like that. Although she did get her shit. They gave her shit when the movie first came out. They talked about her hair and her mannerisms and all that stuff, but they've grown the lover. 
Um, I love that Easter egg. Go watch it again if you haven't seen it. It's at the it's at the side. You know how there's a YouTube video and they have all like suggested videos you should watch. It's the first one under the suggested list at the side. You have to go look for it to get it. And apparently we didn't know this either. I, I didn't know this, but you found this out from Ashley. The people who are covering um, Stab 8 in the YouTube series is, are really big horror influencer creators. I didn't, I never heard of them, but until Ashley had pointed it out, so... Yeah, and I want to support them now. So good, congratulations. That's the dream right there, baby. All right, so we're in our third act or we're getting to the third act actually because we don't get into it until Amber says we're in it, but we're almost there. Um, so Liv comes back and learns from Mindy that Chad went looking for her and fed up with being accused the killer. Liv suggests that Mindy is next and she's the expert character, usually gets killed. Um, Liv is very effective in this scene. She's really, really, really good. And the white eye makeup adds so much to it. She scared the shit out of me. Yeah, that that white that's a I really hope that is the white eyeshadow is a purpose choice for like a red herring and not just a makeup decision. Cause as makeup as a whole, it's ugly. But as a like a nod that maybe she might be ghostface, that's really cool. But oh. I don't know. I want to give the benefit of the doubt. I want to give the makeup artist the benefit of the doubt. So we're, we're going to say that it was all planned and we loved it. She's never been scarier. She's giving me everything I need. I just imagine, like, I know, I just know it's not possible, but if she was Jill in Scream 4, I feel like she really would have given me like crazy psycho. Oh, yes. She would have done it. Love her. Um, she doesn't last very long after this. So Mindy continues the first stab. <laughs> which seems seems kind of cruel don't you think to be in I mean, Sue's house <laughs> watching yeah, I mean, Chad, Chad calls it out too don't you think that's kind that's of in true. poor taste that's true yeah at least someone calls it out because she's she's very very drunk in this or we're supposed to believe that she's very very drunk off of beer first of all these kids we're running out of beer I want you guys to want better for yourselves I I do as an older adult um why are you guys gen z please answer this on the twitter are you guys having beer at these parties and why can beers especially at that i i feel like i want you guys to open up yourselves to a, a different world uh bourbon whiskey i really want you to get in the thick of things i know beer is cheap um i don't know i just feel like a fridge full of beer in the basement and she only brought up a case at a time it's just and they ran out of beer as soon as Richie got there. I don't know. These kids are drinking beer. Did I drink beer? I can't remember. I don't think I, I ever. Uh, did you drink beer? I did not. I. Yeah. I was a quote unquote good boy in high school. I was too. I didn't have my first drink till college. No, no, no. I, I drank at a senior party, but whatever. Maybe it was beer, but I just feel like everyone was so eager about this beer. And I was like, eh, man, you can do better. I know it's Woodsboro. I know you guys are broke, but Vodka. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Um, but Mindy, to, and this is another scene I didn't like, Cody. I felt like she was overacting um, on the couch. I don't know. Doing the whole behind you. Behind you, dude. Dude, he's right there. Come on, man. Like, you're. I, agree, I will agree with you there. I, I again, I want to say this is not shade to the actress, but directors. I'm like, you're directors. You've got to look at this frame and go, this is not working. What would have worked for me for Mindy? is if she was just silent like that drunk that drunk silence where you're like nodding like a little bit almost like about to fall asleep almost in a exactly. way 
because she's seen this movie a thousand times. She owns the Blu-ray DVD. I saw it on her mantle shelf. So like, she owned the box set. She owned the box set. I saw it there. And it's, you know, it's her uncle. So I almost wanted her to be like half like, uh, just nodding. And then like, wait, I'm in Stu's house. Wait, I'm a Meeks. Holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, wait. Which I did love up. her quick face change there when she's yeah. like, when she's like, wait up. And then. Yeah, I like that too. Around. I like that too. I just feel like the line delivery before that was so bad. And I know they were trying to pay homage to Randy, but Randy, when he delivers those lines, when he's talking to Jamie Lee Curtis on the screen, he does it perfectly. He does it in a way that's believable. So I'm not going to blame her for this. I'm going to blame the directors. Um, so the killer is behind her and he stabs her. <laughs> um, and at this point, uh, Sam's on the phone with uh, Sydney, who's telling her like, you're in you're Stu's house. Yeah. yeah. And they do this like pull back on the camera where they reveal the house yep. and everything. I love that shot, but it's like, like most of us knew she was in Stu's house. Exactly. Like most of us knew, so it wasn't as a, a big reveal, but I will say to the director's point, there are moments where they, they um, the tilting of the camera is very reminiscent of, reminiscent of Wes and his camera angles. And I did appreciate that. I was like, mm -hmm. at least we're, we're doing something different. So he stabs uh, Mindy in the neck. But he stops as Sam comes in, Ghostface <laughs> runs away. <laughs> but, okay, <sighs> logic. It's so not- She whacks Ghostface and then he runs away. Well, yeah, she whacks him and he runs away. But okay, so it's not, is it Richie? It had, to, it had to have been because right. then, because then um, Amber comes running in with With Tara, Tara. right. So, but Richie, plants himself back in the coming out of the basement with the beers so he did yep, go to the yep. basement he did get the beers maybe he changed while he was down there ran out stabbed ran away went back to the basement tossed the outfit and then was like i was in the basement sure okay um amber goes what did you do to her which doesn't feel genuine a reaction to someone being stabbed anyway right. but richie comes in as well and after the uh i'm sorry Richie comes in as well. And then Liv comes in. She found Chad outside. She has blood in her hands. Um, she swears up and down she's not the killer. Amber's telling her to calm down. And then she swears one last time, like, I'm not the killer. And Amber says, I know. Pops her in the head once for good measure. It reveals that Amber is the killer. And everybody runs. Everybody scatters like cockroaches. And then she says, welcome to Act 3. And we're in Act I 3. Did, I did kind of like this moment, even though, like, the gunshot to the head for Liv was just like pretty quick. Yeah. I did like that. Like, I did. That's the one moment I did like um, Amber's performance there. I know you're not. No, I like that. I like that. The welcome to act three felt so wrong to me. It felt bad. It felt too on the nose. I was like, ah, you but did, I did so like. <laughs> I did like the scribble though too. People weren't playing here; they were running, and then how like how even Tara just right from the jump, she didn't care that she didn't pause that Amber was the killer. She's like, "Oh bitch," and then just knocked her. Yeah, Tara was done. She's like, "Ah, oh, goddamn, I'm out of here." I do love that. I think that all works well. It was just that one line that I was like, felt cheesy, came off cheesy. Mm. Yeah, Wish I do we had think Sam should have made sure she grabbed Tara from the jump instead of realizing in the basement. Oh wait, oh. Tara. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she heard her boyfriend took off pretty quickly down to that basement. Um, so Sydney and Gail reach the house, you know, and Sydney pops open her trunk and she's got not one but two glots 
and plenty of bullets. She ready. <laughs> She's ready. Um, we can, we already can assume her husband, Mark Kincaid was like, all right, baby, you're going to take the, the nine millimeters and you're going to take the, 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 everything else, the bullets and all you need. So she gives a, a gun to Gail and then they walk up to the house and they, you know, they see it's Sue's house and da, da, da. This is where they face off against them. And uh, they hear screams coming from inside the house and Gail says, sounds, sounds about, right. about right. I love <laughs> sounds, that line. That was great. That delivery. I mean, Courtney's wonderful, but that delivery is dry humor that I love. Um, the only thing I don't like about this is again, four movies in your gun should be up at the ready. Like ladies, we're about to enter the house. Let's have our, like, I know Sydney, you've been taking shooting lessons. Got at the ready. I know your husband taught you better than that. Um, the guns are down by the side. Amber comes out and the worst acting she's done, like she really gave up once she revealed herself to be the killer. <laughs> Help, they stabbed me. And Gail goes, mm, it's a trap. And I love that. Yeah. And that's, they showed that clip briefly in the trailer, like of her just come, running onto the porch. I could tell that was fake. I'm like, I got my eye on you. Fake, it was fake as hell. Um, fake as press on nails. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And Gail goes, nap, it's a trap. Amber goes, fuck it, shoots Gail. Amber's got good aim. I'm not gonna lie. She hit one in the head. Maybe she doesn't have great aim because she should have hit Gail in the head. But she she got Liv pretty spot on in the head and then shoots Gail on the same spot she was shot in Scream 4. That poor organ is like, God damn it, not again. <laughs> like I cannot yeah. survive this. She's got Gail lives. Down. She got more lives than a cat. Cotton says so. Exactly. She goes down. Um, and then <laughs> this is a little ridiculous, but again, it's scream. Sydney goes, <laughs> Gail, you need a hospital. <laughs> Gail goes, no, you said we're going to finish this. We got to finish it. And I'm like, first of all, that hospital is not going to do shit for you, but that's fine. Second of all, Gail, you were just shot in the stomach. You've been shot and stabbed many more times. Get your ass up. Let's keep going. Like, or give Sydney the other gun, like give her two guns. But she, she got the gun and she's, I guess Gail this whole time is just sitting outside, just like this shit hurts, but guess I'm not calling the ambulance. No one thinks to call the cops either when they arrive. Like that doesn't happen. And, no. Yeah, they take forever to show up anyway. Look what happened before. They take forever to get to Kirby's. That's true. They'll take forever. And we can't trust the uh, Wordsboro PD or the hospital. So I don't know why I'm trying to put my faith in them at all. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so Gail, uh, Sydney leaves Gail Scott is outside. <laughs> she comes in. Okay. I want to talk about this really quick. Cause I was playing with this in my head. The shot of Sydney Prescott walking to Sue Mocker's house after what? 25 years felt, didn't feel strong enough just visually as a director. So what I really wanted was Gail has her gun ready. She goes to the door. Like she does in the movie, the door closes behind her. We're tight in her face. And then we pull back the camera to really swallow her into this home to go Sydney's home. Like, I really wanted to feel that Sid, this was a big moment. Anyway, I didn't get that in the shot. Yeah, I get what you mean. I was sad about that. And um, I feel like that was a huge missed opportunity because even the spiraling um, camera tilt that Sam got when she realized that she's in the house, that didn't feel appropriate for Sam. That was Sydney's moment, you know? Like yeah. Sydney walking into the place that she survived 25 years ago should have been that spiraling camera movement to me. Small thing, but who cares? Um, so Sydney's in the house. She shoots every door, which I love. <laughs> but she's wasting. And I like bullets. that she says, 
whether you're a killer or not, you got five seconds, get your ass out of here. Get your ass out here, damn it. And she's like, pow. But she is wasting bullets, but I get what she's doing and I love it for her. She's she's getting smarter. Um, she ends up shooting Richie in the leg. Oh, because she's on the phone with Ghostface because of course he's calling. And then she literally tells him I'm bored and he's the, the panic and his voice like, wait, 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 I'm not done. Like I have script. I love that. I have no cards. <laughs> and she's like, I'm bored. She shoots Richie in the leg who I do love Jack saying, I'm not coming out. You're shooting everyone. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not coming out either. Honestly, shoot her. I warned her. you, bitch. Yeah. He's like, I'm not doing it. Um, and then Ghostface is hiding in the one door that Sydney didn't shoot. Plot hole. Um, but it's fine. Maybe she's too busy. Um, uh, but before we get there, Sam finds Tara tied up downstairs, same place where Sydney's dad was. Or not same place, right? Sydney's dad was tied up in the basement area. Yeah, he technically would have been in the basement. He would technically been by, in the by the by the geography of the house. Right, um, but she finds Sarah in the closet, and she thinks for a moment when Richie, because we forgot this moment, uh, Richie tells her in the basement that there's always two killers, and for a moment Sam thinks that's Richie, and she actually leaves him behind. Um, but Sam, uh, but Richie's trying to convince her that Tara is the reason why they got to the house because of the inhaler thing, and that. Tara could be the killer so for a hot second Sam looks at Tara when she's about to break her free and is like oh shit maybe you are the killer and we don't like they, they leave that scene and we don't see the resolution for that time um Amber then attacks Sydney and they go over the balcony and they hit the ground hard and I like this moment because it actually takes both of them a second to get up it's not just like they spring back to life that's what I love about this franchise is that like you said Ghostface is human so it's not Michael Myers who's going to be like I'm back it's more like oh fuck I just went over a balcony that shit hurt like a right. motherfucker <laughs> Amber um so they're taking a second on the floor at that time Richie's coming down the stairs and he's so cute when he's like well I, I've tried to hurry but you shot me <laughs> like you yeah, shot I like me that like, too. after I love right before that. me like ah it's Ghostface exactly oh yeah holy shit it's coach space <laughs> which got a good laugh out of both my screenings that i went to um so sam uh grab oh oh sorry Where, how did sam get down here amber attacks sydney and struggle a uh, struggle for the gun oh wait sam grabs the gun um but then richie as he's coming down the stairs oh thank god you're alive stabs sam in her side revealing him to be the second killer which did that work for you because it worked for me it did. Like I said, I didn't suspect him to be like my number one suspect at all. But yeah. like, you know, it was a perfect little moment too because he's still coming down the stairs. It didn't have like the moment of breathing like it did with Billy. He just yeah. came up. Yeah, it, it just went right into it. And he was still cracking jokes. So you're like, oh, Richie. Um, and then he pulls out the inhaler and I was like, oh, you are smart. Like smart little toaster. That was a good, that was a good jest. Like, I like that for Richie. Um, so Richie Sorry, uh, here we go. Richie and Amber take Sydney, Gail, Sam into the kitchen as they prepare to kill them, but not before explaining their motive, which is very scream. Like, we got to know the motive. We got to know the story. We got to know why, right? Here's the reason why, listeners. They were so dissatisfied with the last Stab movie, Stab 8, um, because the Stab movies had taken creative liberties and had little to do with the original, uh, like Ghostface having a flamethrower, which is hilarious. He should totally do that in one of the sequels, though. Um, that they have decided to make their own requel by bringing back legacy characters, Sam being the daughter of the original killer, along with the original protagonist, Sydney Dewey Gale, and make their ideal stab sequel. 
that would hopefully inspire the Hollywood execs to go ahead and remake better stab movies. Um, they also defended themselves by against toxic fan labels uh, that people like them have gotten over the years, seeing themselves as passionate about the franchise they love. Um, what do we think about this motive, Cody? I like it. It is yeah. just as true as it was for Jill's motive. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not like, mad at this. I'm not mad at this. Not it's not my favorite motive, but yeah. I buy it. I buy it, and um, I also do love that we toss in the toxic fan thing in there because uh, the Star Wars fans specifically. Oh my God. <laughs> and they point that out too, like how they say that Ryan Johnson, who did Last Jedi, the one yeah. everyone hates. I like it. Sorry, don't. Yeah, I like people. it too. No, I like it too, and, and how yeah. he directed Stab Eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I like that that reasoning and dialogue because that feels like the natural step in meta, which is like there are crazy fans out there who do love their series so much that they would go to stupid lengths to do things. My only pivot with that is I wish instead of them wanting to inspire the studio execs to make better stab movies, it was more so like, I'm so obsessed with the idea of Sydney Prescott surviving so many times that I want to be the one to kill her. Like, I don't know. I feel like it was, I wanted more toxic fan than requel. That's what I wanted. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. So they also plan to frame Sam as the villain of the story. When Amber goes to check on Tara, she finds that she is not in the closet anymore. Amber gets whacked by a crutch. Tara is fighting back. And Sam fights with Richie and we've got everyone fighting. They, in, the, in between all this, by the way, they also stabbed Sydney again, which was like painful for me. Yeah, for but a moment there, she was faking it. Like she was wearing something underneath. Oh, really? You know like, what? You bring up a good point. She got all that shit from her husband, but not like a bulletproof vest. Yeah, because like in four, it looked like she was in much more pain than she was in this one. Like here, it just looked like she got kicked in the gut. I feel like after being stabbed for like the last 25 years, it's what, like a, a paper scratch now? You're like, ah, fuck, that hurts. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> like she's built up so much tolerance in her in her body. I love the line of Richie saying, She's a pincushion uh, to Tara about yeah. Tara. She's a pincushion. I did point. love the editing in this sequence, how it cut back and forth between Sam's fight and the fight with Amber, Gail, and um, Sydney. I love the editing here. I do too. And I love a Sydney Gail team up, like beat this bitch down team up. Yeah. But she was, they were getting their ass kicked too by a woman that literally weighs 90 pounds wet. So yeah. I was confused. <laughs> I was like, girl, y'all should be able to take this. But she's got the longest hair in the world. Just wrap her wrist around that. Pull right. her back. And then they were like holding her up by both ends, like full on going like Beyonce yeah. dragging Ali Lauder. Give me your, get your skinny ass up Exactly. Here. They tossed her over the island and I was just like, fuck her up. Do what you gotta do. But whatever, you know, it's, it's scream. I think they could have kicked that little girl's ass. Um, so <laughs> Amber makes it back into the kitchen where Sydney and Gail uh, fight her. That's what we were just talking about. Gail fights her as the hardest as retribution for Dewey because she does make some sly oh Amber is also pretending that she was indoctrinated and has she was fucking lying we know that yeah, but she yeah. does she does I really do like this moment with this actress where she goes from I'm innocent to I'm really crazy I like yeah. that she did and they're not buying it oh I guess the movies made you do it exactly I really really like that I feel like she executed but, that very well then, but I do feel like some of her her stewisms I'll call it when she's like ah! 
it was too or much. like doing the little ee, 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 the knife. Yeah. like that was a much. that was too much you're doing a lot again directing probably <laughs> so she's just doing what she was told to do can't blame any actor for that um so they kick her ass and uh this was confusing for me. Sydney smashes a jar of hand sanitizer on Amber's head. Yeah. What hand sanitizer do you know comes in glass bottles? Someone messaged me too, saying like, I was talking to a friend of mine on Instagram. He was DMing me. He was like, I've never seen a glass thing of hand sanitizer. Not that big, not the like fucking family Costco size, at least. Like that yeah, seems like know. a bad idea. And I get they were trying to make a COVID joke, but I'm like, did you need to make a COVID joke? You didn't need to. I don't know. That just really pissed me off. Cause it's because is that a hand, is that a hand sanitizer? Like, oh, but you know what? It makes sense why she was so flammable now. Cause I, yeah. I was really confused about that, but now I get it. Okay. Um again, if the kids would have just been drinking fucking vodka at the party, it could have just been a vodka bottle. And it would have made more sense. No, Fact. tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I feel like I want to be the studio exec that gives them notes. Any scream script from now on, you need to send it to either me or Cody because we're gonna point out things like this, like just make it a vodka bottle. No one's drinking beer at these fucking parties. <laughs> like, go downstairs and they have them get the fifths, whatever the Hennessy, but no one's drinking fucking beer. Anyway, that's my little rant. The, the hand sanitizer was stupid as fuck. I'm just going to say that. Um, but they hit her over the head with it. And I love this. Uh, before uh, Sydney has the gun, she passes it to Gail, um, who says, you want to do the honors? And Sydney says, this is your moment. Um, uh, where is it? Oh, so, uh, Gail shoots her and she falls onto the lit stove. Uh, and Amber becomes engulfed in flames. And... Uh, yeah, she basically becomes uh, Chucky, Charles Lee Ray from the ending of that movie. Enjoy that torch. And enjoy that torch. Yeah, that, that line was good. I felt like we could have found a stronger pun to go there, but I, I'm not mad about that. Um, what I am slightly upset about is that this, ha we're, are we supposed to assume that this is all happening at the same time where this is happening? Yeah, this is happening at the same time as Sam's fight, right? Yep. Okay. But Sam has like five minutes after Amber is dead by Sydney and Gail's hand where she's like fighting Richie by herself. And I'm kind of like, where the fuck were you guys? Like, were you just in the kitchen? Just like hanging out while Sam's over here struggling for her life? I don't know. It just felt like the timing and that part of the editing was off for me. Like mm -hmm. there was too much window time for Amber, I'm sorry, Sam and Richie to have this like roll around tussle we'll get there um okay so uh meanwhile richie prepares to kill sam again and she grabs a concealed knife jeremy you're missing the biggest part about this concealed knife thing it's not that she just grabs it her dead daddy tells her where it is that was the worst moment involving <laughs> billy sorry she looks in the mirror and her dead daddy, who hasn't been around in a minute, he's like since since the first time she saw him, wherever the fuck have you been, is in the mirror and he he doesn't speak to her, but he just nods and tells her where the knife is. He was mentally pretty much telling her, do your thing, cuz. Oh my god, no, not do your thing, cuz. <laughs> I hate that so much, and it's so true. It's literally perfect. Um 
god that's such a like oh my god it's the worst it's the fucking worst i'll never forgive them for that billy loomis telling his daughter (laughs) that he's never met or probably even i wonder if he knew that he had a kid on the way do you think i doubt he did i doubt he even did right he was probably dead before she even knew she was pregnant so (laughs) i'm sorry but anyway um he nods her to the to the knife and she's army crawling it across the floor where Richie is talking all the shit as he does. Um, and she finds a knife, she stabs him in the face before viciously stabbing him repeatedly before he's slashing his throat. Come on, Jeremy, you're missing the big shit. The biggest part about this is that before she stabs him for that final, uh, well, let's go back. She stabs the fuck out of him, <laughs> like over and over That's and over. one thing I want to point out about this movie too. They're not using the typical slashing, slicing sounds that you hear in these movies. They yeah. sound real, like you are stabbing flesh. Yeah, no, they really do sound real. And her, her like recoil of back and forth is really intense. And I was like, damn. <laughs> like, she did what I would do. I wouldn't stop. She did what I would do too. And it, it was like at least 20 stabs. Like at that, I stopped counting because I, I lost count. Um, and then she says, well, before she stabs him, sorry, you guys, Jeremy, Jeremy didn't put this in his view. Before she stabs him, um, she says, I'm, I'm writing a new rule. And he goes, oh yeah, what? And she, this is such a long line that it doesn't even like play very well, but she basically says, don't fuck with the daughter of a serial killer. That's awful line, Cody. I, I will give you that. It's, it didn't, it wasn't. Doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, it fell flat. It fell flat. Cause it, it should be in my head when I watched the second time, if, if she's laying there and she's like, I got a new rule. And he's like, what? I would have loved for her to lift her head up slightly and said me and then stabbed him, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm the new rule bitch or something like that to effect. Um, But she said this long line about daughter of a serial killer, like, bitch, you didn't even know your dad. Like, you didn't even know you exist. I don't know. She's really leaning on this daughter of the serial killer thing where I'm like, you didn't even know till you're 13 and you were fine up until then for some reason. I don't know. So the psychosis would have showed up at like five or six years old had you had that gene passed down, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not her fault, writing or directing. Um, as she's done stabbing him a bunch of times, Richie does, they need one more line, right? So Richie says, what about my ending? I did like this one. She does say, here it comes. And then she slashes him across the neck. Yeah, and does the infamous uh, knife cleaning with the hand. Which that yeah, would have hurt. That? Because every time, like most of the time when Ghostface stabs someone, like especially after her, like in the first one is specifically after Ghostface stabs, stabs Billy, right. he what uses his hand and cleans the knife cleans off. off the knife. Yeah, so yeah. that was kind of like a nod to that. But logically in that moment for Sam, why? Why? I don't know. I want to say, I'm hoping it's a foreshadowing. I'm hoping this is the origin story for Sam as a villain and not Sam as a hero. Because if she has these tendencies living in her, her psychotic dad, and her natural instinct is to wipe off a knife clean, I hope she becomes a villain. Because if not, in then some the ways, I hope that's not the case because really? then it, I mean, she has the capabilities, but I feel like that also would kind of like, further push the stigma of you know her mental illness and her being like a killer and being related to billy i feel like that yeah. would kind of 
again, yeah, like you said, that is some muddy waters. Like when we were equating equating mental illness to like psych to killing. So yes, I agree with you there. That's a muddy water. But I just, for me, everything in a movie has to make sense. So if you're cleaning off a knife, it can't just be a nod to the original. We have tons of nods to the original. Why do you do it? What's your motive to do it? Is it natural instinct? Is, did your daddy tell you to do it? And we don't get that. So whatever. Um, she looks good killing people though. Um, so Sydney and Gail walk in. They're obviously in the kitchen just shooting the shit while Sam's going through all this shit. Um, and then... <laughs> You know, Gail and Sydney warn that Sam to Sam, the killers always come back for one more scare, which we know this as a fan. And in comes Amber running half burnt and uh, coming for the girls. And then it's Tara who shoots her in the head. And we actually get a really nice three shot of Sam, Gail and Sydney in a line that I really actually enjoy. Um, looking at Tara in disbelief, who says, I still prefer, prefer the Babadook. Very cute. But we also see Sam, I think I think it was before Amber comes running in. We see Sam taking the gun and just like pew pew. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she does end Richie. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. head. She does get that done. And then we get the Amber, which um does really look like Chucky when he's burnt at the end and, and he's does. coming down the hall. <laughs> but you know, I love that they gave Tara that moment too. She deserved it. Tara definitely deserved that moment, and I'm glad she got it. Um she was for someone who was fucked up this whole movie she's always finding strength to get back up again and i i find that very admirable and her line of i still prefer prefer the babadook got a good laughs out of both of my showings it's still not my favorite button but i like it for her um all right and then as the media and medics arrive late but they're there uh chad and mindy are revealed to be alive in a cute little thumbs up i, like I that. love that that was adorable so and very much more filling like than anything we saw exactly before. that was the only moment we ever got where we're like oh these two are actually related and they you know they like each other and i liked it a lot i really thought it was cute so simple but adorable um sam thanks sydney and gail for helping them even when she told them not to gail decides to write her next book about dewey um, who Dewey was and the killers can stay dead without anybody knowing who they were. Sam then goes to the ho- a new ho- Tara requests to take her to a new hospital, which is really cute. And then the camera pulls back just like they did in the original Scream, but not this time as Gail's a reporter, a black woman. And they're talking about what happened here on the, this is supposed to be the, the anniversary to the day, according to this film, that this was the anniversary on the day. As we all know, this movie was supposed to come out 2021 for the 25th anniversary, but got shut, got pushed back. So it came out a little bit late. And that's the movie. Um, then, yeah, whereas, you know, Sam talking to Sydney and Gail, like, will I be okay? Oh, Thank will you. I be will okay? I be okay? You will eventually. It wasn't the most honest answer Sydney could give her. You will eventually. Uh, I know you said you had problems with that line. Well, because they should have told her the truth, which is no, you literally have a psycho killer who talks to you. You're not going to be okay. And that last- I don't think they knew that though. Oh yeah, does she never tell them that her daddy talks to her? She never told them. Why would I tell anybody that shit? But but Richie knew. I mean, yes, he did. Richie fucking knew. Yeah. Um, but to your point, that last moment we get with Billy is in the, the cop car window and he's kind of like proud of his daughter. And I think mm-hmm. Nina Saba had the biggest issue with that. And you had a different point of view. So we'll share each of our own. My point of view was it made Billy again, look like some anti-hero that's like his giving his daughter advice and guiding her through 
how to survive this when it's really, he is a rapist and a murderer and should deserve no sort of praise in any sort of form. Cause she kind of smiles at him at the end. And I'm like, that's very confusing. He is, he's an awful person, but you're, you had a different point of view. Of oh it. no, I, I didn't oh, no, like you- Okay, I thought you had a different point of view. Never mind. Like I said, for me, if they had to show Billy Loomis at all, it should have just been in the hospital. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I really, uh, I really hated it. It also reminded me of that Star Wars moment. Remember, in the when they remastered the original trilogy of Star Wars, and then you saw, um, well, it's in the original too. But it's when um, Luke is looking at the fire pit and he sees Anakin, <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> Right. Well, you can you can even hearken it back to the Sugar Man, you know, because everyone yes, in, our, yes. in our group calls it Sugar Man. Sugar Man re- uh, reboot. Sugar Man. Can the Requel. Requel. Yeah, it's true. It's a requel. Yeah, yeah. where he's looking yeah, in the mirror. <laughs> in the cop car's window when he's circling it, so. Yep. It's a, it's silly tropes. No one should ever write like that ever again in their life. But that's the movie, you guys. We literally broke it down plot by plot, point by point, gave you our opinions. What? Okay, let's hear your ranking, Cody. Let's hear it. All right. For the franchise. My ranking for this franchise goes one, two, five, four, three. Wow. Okay. I I was like, because here's the thing. I rate, I I do rate one, two, and five, five stars. I know there's flaws in five, but I was so invested in everything that they did were trying to bring. Okay. That I was able to overlook that. Because for my, like, I know that, four and five have similar plots yeah but i feel like it was at least slightly better executed in five okay okay i'm I'm not mad at that i'm not mad at that my ranking is close it's one two four Mm, i'm struggling to say three five or five three i still have a soft spot for three in my heart just because i think because i grew up with it so I think I'm going to say one, two, four, three, five. And that's controversial. I know. Yeah. But and I feel, I feel like that could change, but nothing yeah. is going to be one and two for me ever. Exactly. No, you're right. I think as um, I settle into scream five, um, it might move up past three. I don't know if I'll ever move past four just because of the characters in four are so strong for me. Um, Charlie, uh kirby all of them i have such a soft spot in my heart for them but it will never ever ever beat one and two for me nothing ever will so so okay so they're good but you know what someone said on twitter um that i find so true there are no bad screen films no absolutely not like there are ones you can like you will like less right but you know right and that's why when i talked to you after the, the first time i saw it i really had to sit with myself in the car and i was like I actually didn't hate it. It had a lot of flaws. It does, but I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. And it is a good movie. It's just not the movie I wanted, but that's not the same thing as being a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel like a majority of people I've seen or heard say like their issue was they wanted more of the trio, which I I understand and respect because their their marketing was almost solely on the trio. Yeah. I play no marketing on that. Yeah, but for me, I knew this was going to be more about them passing the torch on to this new group. And so that's why I think I was more forgiving for the lack of the trio. Yeah, 
and yeah and that was my that's one of my things too it's like we got Sydney in that until like the second half of the second act and I really wanted Sydney throughout the whole thing but I get it she's a mom you really got to give her reason and agency and uh what they said in this movie was true I think Amber said it or Richie said it but we don't have a Michael Myers we don't have a Freddie and we don't have a Jason we just have people so this franchise cannot uh exists solely on the back of Sydney Prescott, they have to start innovating and they have to start opening up the universe or we're going to run out of films. Nev Campbell is not going to live forever, right? Yep. Nor is she going to want to do this forever. Um, so the slow, but I do appreciate the filmmakers so much for not killing Sydney. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that because the easy yes. way out would have been kill Sydney, let's introduce new people. They're slowly going to fade her out. Every film that they make from now on is going to have less and less Sydney and they're preparing us for that. And I like and, that. And I can, you know, I know you had your issues with Sam, but if, you know, <laughs> I, the, if we have to follow Sam, Tara and the twins throughout the next films that they decide to do, I'll be okay with that because I'm okay. Yes. Be, even though like some, they were pretty under, like the twins were under, underdeveloped a bit. I liked them way more than the teens we got in like the screen TV series. They were too stock type for like a teen drama series. Here, they at least felt real in some capacity. No, I, I don't mind. And again, as we were talking, I was like, maybe it's not Melissa. Maybe it's the directing. No offense to Radio Silence, but I'm a director and I'm a horror writer. And I, I feel like at the end of the day, your actors are only as good as what they're given. And if you couldn't see that she couldn't get there or this monologue is not working and you did nothing to help her, I'm not blaming the actress for that because it looks like she gave it everything she had on her. So I'm hoping as we get more Sam in this series that she gets to grow and I hope we get new directors. I'm sorry. I hope we get new directors for the next one that maybe she finds the footing um, and maybe she gets better material to work with in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some people are like, you're an actor, you should do, you should be able to do anything. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you, you, you're only given what you got. Like when people say Kirsten or Kristen Dunst, uh, not sorry, Kristen Stewart is a bad actress. I go, no, Kristen Stewart is a great actress who had bad material. It's a fucking difference. Yeah, I agree. Like, right. it hurts me. Like, yeah, I, you know, my feelings about her being not nominated for SAG and oh. like, <laughs> like I, yeah. That's the whole thing. Um, we're not going to get yeah. into it here, but we're not yeah. going to get to it here. But that's what I I feel strongly because it can't happen to three people in this in this. Uh, here's what I'm trying to say: If Jenny Ortega can shine like that, then I feel like that is the rule to the exception. The exception to the rule. I feel like that's just a very talented actress. I feel like if Mindy, the actress who played Mindy and the actress who played Sam, couldn't get there, that's directing. It can't, like, there's too many actors in this who just didn't get there enough for me, performance-wise, for me to blame them. It's got to be the words, and it's got to be the directions. So I am okay with Sam still being in the franchise. I think uh, Melissa did as, she's fucking got a lot of pressure on her head right now. And I will never put down yeah. another artist for doing their best. I hope she finds her footing. I hope they give her better material. Hope we get new directors. I'm sorry. Hope we do. Um I feel like another type yeah. to take note of the fans' reaction, though. I want to give them that much faith. I know, like some, yeah. I want to give them that much faith that they'll, if they do get asked to come back for the new the next one, if one comes, they'll listen to the fan reaction because like, some they're getting better at listening to what the fans want. Slowly I hope but surely. So. 
So, and then I also think about, to wrap this up, I also think about um, when Spider-Man uh, No Way Home came out and we realized at the end, spoiler, if you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, but we realized at the end that it wasn't a trilogy, it was actually, actually a three-part origin story for Peter, um, for Tom Holland. Because at the end, he's actually living in his own apartment. He's alone. Um, and that's what true Spider-Man is. It's like alone in a New York apartment, going to school. There's no MJ. There's no Uncle Ben or Aunt May. So it took us three movies to get this origin story. I'm hoping that this is what we're doing for Sam. I'm hoping that this is just the first peg in an origin story to make her what she needs to be for this franchise. If she's the one that's going to take over, they could go, they could deviate. They could go follow Tara at college. We don't know. Um, It could be anything, but if that's what the plan is, then I'm hoping that this is just, we'll call a little, a pebble in the pool of an arc. That's going to be greater than what we got for Sam. I would agree with that. Yeah. So Cody, wow. I think we've been talking for like three hours. Fuck. It's a long movie. <laughs> One last time, please tell the people where they can find you online and also your letterbox, your Instagram and the book. Do all your plugs now. All right. So again, my book is called Killer Tricks. You can get it on Amazon, whether you want the physical book or the ebook. Um, my Instagram and my Twitter handles are Cody underscore Landman. And my letterbox is Landman23. Awesome. Okay. And with that said, you guys, it's obviously me, Charday. You can follow us on Afro Horror, Twitter, Instagram. Um, it is the year of the creator. So if you are a horror creator, whether it's um, novella, books, blogs, cartoons, comic books, movies, TV, um, shorts, whatever it is, y'all, or even um, uh, makeup artists, well, you know, I wa- we want to talk to you. We want to talk about your project. We want to do all the good stuff. So you can email us at info at afrohorror.com if you want to guest in the show. This year is dedicated to horror creators because we're very, we, you know, we wouldn't exist as a podcast if people didn't create horror. So we want to nod to you. We want to talk about your stuff, but also talk about a horror movie that maybe inspired your stuff as well. Um, Cody, stick around. I'm going to say one last word to you after we hang up, but thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this will be yeah. the longest episode to date. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. It's an honor. But an honor. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you so much. I know you love this franchise just as much as I do. So it was amazing to be able to talk this entry with you yeah and i we what i love about you is that you have a practicality when it comes to film that is neither left or right you're very centered you you, and but if you like something you will defend it no one is ever gonna sway (laughs) you (laughs) and you will admit you're like it's not great but i liked it and i love that and in a person and reviewer so i do enjoy your letterbox because i know when i read it I'm going to get a nuanced, honest opinion that's not like swayed one way or the other. You're just going to tell me exactly what you felt. So I like that. Thank you. Hold on, Cody. Thank you, everyone else. We'll see you guys next month. We have another exciting interview coming up uh, that I'm not going to tell you until it drops, but we'll see you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hemphill for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at @AfroHorror or on our website, www.AfroHorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast.